0: only means one thing, it is the MAP, the Mental Health and Addiction Podcast. I'm Andy Bernstein. Our apologies for being a little late this morning, but we're good.
1: Andy was having audio. Yeah, we won't say why.
0: <laughs> uh, right? I had a little audio. We won't problems. say why. So we are a podcast dedicated to discussing mental health and addiction in an open and honest way. It's an important topic and one that is affecting one out of five Americans before we dive into the show, the, the root of the show, let's meet the uh, team. Chris Long, uh, you're back to being number one. She is a, um, well, I'm going to let you tell who you are. Who are you?
1: Uh, so I am a mom of five amazing kids today. Um, two of them are in recovery. Uh, I got into this field because addiction chose my family. And um, I currently am working with a company by the name of Aware Recovery Care. It is an in-home treatment program. We're 52 weeks long, and it is amazing. And I've never been happier. So that's who
0: I am. Wow! Good for you. Yeah, very excited. You found your tribe. I found my tribe. You found I'll your stay tribe. Nice. Eight years. Good for you. <clears throat> All right. <throat> well, thank you for that intro. And uh, we also have the Great Willie Drinkwater. Hello. Who is uh, broadcasting to us uh, from his home in, or from his studios uh, in parts unknown? Willie, who are you?
2: Hello. Uh, I am a uh, I'm a person in long term recovery, 34 years. Uh, I'm an educator for UMass Boston in the Addiction Counseling Education Program. Uh, I also have a private practice where I work with people that have uh, addiction with co-occurring disorders, co-occurring meaning other mm-hmm. mental health issues going on at the same time, so.
0: Very good, yeah, you've been in the field, you are a uh, very well respected. Multitasking. Yes. <laughs> He's a, gr- a great American at the same time. Um, anyway, that's, uh, we're gonna mix it up you? a little, what? Oh, and I, I'm Andy Bernstein, and I uh, kind of fell into this world myself. I used to produce a show, and host a show with a former hockey player, Kevin Stevens, about addiction and mental health. And it became a calling to me to work in this field um, and use whatever skills I have from the world of media and using my background to help people and the stigma through shows such as this. So that's me and I'm pretty passionate about it. But so before we get started into the nuts and bolts um what we're going to do today actually i already said that but what we're going to do today is um we're going to have a little bit of a round table there's so much going on right now in the world of mental health and addiction and we have two really interesting people and willie who has his background as a provider and we also have chris who is a parent and works on the uh, front lines with her new wonderful spectacular job so um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to get started throwing out some questions that we've gotten from listeners and our audience over the past, uh, several months and, uh, and recently as well. And we're actually coming up on our 50th of show next, next week, which is crazy, right? Look at us, right? I know once a week, maybe twice a week. So, um, so I'm going to get started and I'll tee up this discussion with, um, with a question that uh, someone wrote in. Um, With the rising rates of mental health issues such as addiction and suicides during COVID-19, what do you think we should do at this time to help combat that? So I'll start it with Willie.
2: Yeah, I mean, there there's virtual meetings going on all the time, as we know, you know, for 12-step programs, also for smart recovery. Also, I, I'm not sure what, what Refuge Recovery is doing at this point. Refuge, Refuge Recovery is relatively new and stuff. I know DBSA, Depression Bipolar Support Alliance, Boston uh, – um, they're, they're you prior to covid their their Wednesday night meeting was was huge it was from uh, seven to nine o'clock at night they'd have a general introduction then they would break break down into individual groups such as uh, a friends and family support group those that are deep dealing with bipolar disorder issues there'd be a depression group so on but, so what so what what they've done if you go to their website DBSA Boston if you google that they're doing all those meetings that they used to do you know live in the Marnoff cafeteria on a Wednesday night they're doing those virtually now and uh, uh, i I know talking with, with with clients and the like too a lot of the virtual aA meetings and na meetings too people you know people there are talking and they're they're actually getting they're, they're getting together in in small groups a lot of times I mean I know uh on the North shore where, where I have my practice, there's uh, you know, there, I, I know of a few groups of guys, you know, in the building trades and uh, they'll meet over meet over at somebody's house in the morning before they go off to work with their folding chairs and they go in the backyard and they socially distance and, and the whole bit, they have a meeting with their morning coffee. Then they head back to their trucks, throw the folding chairs in the trucks and they go off to work. Uh, there are a few, a few church meetings and stuff that I've been hearing too that are starting to me, again, on a limited basis, they're, you know, limiting the number of people that can go in. But I think the main thing is, you know, is is really not to isolate. You know, the the, the COVID has really isolated people. And uh, um, I, I, I think it's important to keep the communication open. What One of the things that I've found as a provider, too, is, uh, you know, over the last several months, I haven't had to take a lot. Uh, I haven't had the space to take a lot of new clients on. But the ones that I have, it's an interesting phenomenon. And, uh, you know, Harvard University has been doing research on it and stuff too. But, you know, normally where it might take me, um, you know, two or three months of face-to-face with somebody in my office – you know, to get them to a point of, uh, you know, to get to that point in the therapeutic relationship where they really begin to talk. I'm finding it's it's much shorter by teletherapy now. I'm finding that it's easier. It's yeah, there's easier. something a, something about having the screen there and, you know, and you have the ability just to click and knock somebody, you know, j- just shut it, shut it down. But um, p- people are getting to the heart of, uh, you know, trauma, grief and abandonment issues a lot faster uh, by, by telehealth than they would if we were doing face to so. face.
0: Sure. You don't have to battle traffic. You can you can do it right from your home. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you had, t- and I want to hear from you and a cr- Chris, in a second. But you had talked about um, construction. That's actually kind of how I got started in this when learning a lot about the construction trade and the building traits. That's a really um, uh, a category that's been really hit hard by, um, addiction. Just can a quick, quick aside. Can you just say why, what's going on there?
2: Well, you know, I mean, in the, in the building trades, I grew up in a building trade trades family in Connecticut. My, my father was a labor union rep and you know, the old, the, the, the old credo in those days was, you know, you work hard, you play hard, you drink and drug even harder. And stuff, you know, because of the. uh
0: How about injuries, though? How about injuries? Yeah, though?
2: injuries, and then you know, I, I've I've had many many cases of guys that were hurt on hurt on job sites and stuff, and you know, ended up on painkillers, and then that took on a life of its own. So.
0: Okay. Know, yeah. Well, thank you for answering that question, Chris. Yes. Yeah. Hi, Chris. Um, I was okay. So, curious. what do you think My that problem. people with the rising rates of mental health? What do you think people can do during this time what what are i'd like to get your perspective
1: so from like a parent's point of view not saying that you're not a parent willie um i am but from a parent's (laughs) point of view you know having kids that struggle um we have you know the concern like the kids are there we go back we've been talking about this for a long time with all this stimulus money Mm-hmm. you know it has put fuel on the fire it has relapsed
2: made- by stimulus <laughs> right, Yeah, yeah right. but the yeah. stimulus
1: now has kind of died off and they nipped the, it in the bud and they cut off people that haven't been able to prove who they are and all the little <laughs> extra money and all that stuff is, has sort of gone away and trump made some announcement that stimulus is dead in the water right now until after election like
2: he's not. Pushing. I
0: just heard, I heard that.
2: He just backtracked on it. Uh, he, he tried to backtrack on it, but I, I think that's still his his thinking. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, as far you know,
0: how would that affect? How how would that stimulus money affect? Uh, we know it from a, um, you know, providing that money to people who are using, which helps. But um, how would in a positive light? How do you think that is there any effect? of the stimulus money. does well, that you know, Like impact?
1: somebody in recovery, like getting that stimulus money and, and is in recovery and is working a really good program. Like I've heard of these kids that have like, you know, they've made up to like, they've stowed that, that money away and they've made upwards of like eight to $10,000 that they've just banked. And that's a huge, you know, if you're in that mindset of, of, and you're okay and you're solid and you've saved, that's it's, it's not free money, but it's free money in their eyes. And it's, it's given them the opportunity maybe to get out of mom and dad's house eventually and not have to, or get that car that they've been trying to get, you know, or they've used whatever money that they've saved in a positive light. Um, Right. Which is again, go ahead. Some people have used that money to be able to be sustainable in a sober living house. You know, it's paid their rent while they haven't been able to work. Um, So in a positive way, I mean, those stories are few and far between, sadly, but they do exist. Um, I love this. uh, Willie, I don't know if you've seen it, but the recovery challenge, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, my pages have been riddled with, and all it is, is, you know, people that are in recovery are just put, you know, nine years, 322 days, 72 hours Mm -hmm. sober. And it's like, and, and a picture and that's it. And it's like, it's just, it fills my heart. It warms my heart because, you know, these kids have fought, and and, I, and they're not just kids, but these kids have fought for a long time and they, they made it through COVID. I mean, I think we're starting to come out of the tunnel on this whole COVID. I, I do feel we are going to get shut back down to the capacity that we were before. I don't know. I think it's going to be, he's, Baker's just going to start taking away things. I don't think it's going to be like a slam dunk shut down I think he's just going to take away the bars, take away the indoor restaurants, take away the social aspects, you know, and try to keep.
0: Which is a problem because that community is such a big part of um, the mental health and and the connection. Right. Having that that that's really bad. It's funny we went to went to synagogue last night and uh, it was um, a mid major Jewish holiday, and. Uh, I'm kidding, but yeah, so there you go. And um, It's not really, but I I went and uh, we went to the rabbi's house and they had us for dinner and um, we talked and it was so nice and COVID never came up, never came up. We never talked about it. We talked about so many things and when we all left, we said, wow, this was really nice to actually have a community dinner without without actually um, talking about this And, um, you know, it felt normal, you know, uh, uh,
1: my daughter's girlfriend tested daughter's girlfriend's brother tested positive, not last week, the week before. And they've, everybody's been hanging out together. And so we went into like that. Holy shit. You know, uh, you've been in contact. We've been in contact. Who do we tell, you know, in the waiting game. And I have to tell you, it was like, it was, it was very, like your mind starts thinking, okay, well, if my daughter is positive, she was holding the baby. The baby was, you know, has gone to daycare. The daycare has five other babies. That's one aspect of it. Then we've got my granddaughter who's played soccer on another team in another town. You know, like it's just, your mind gets going. Right. And then you have Trump standing and saying, I understand now. I get it. I, I've been to school with um corona i get it now
0: no and it was it's the, the end happened. of scarface it was the end of scarface when he, he was up on the balcony with the world in his mind <laughs> the back yeah. <laughs> with the bazooka all right let's go that to the it. next question right. um and then i'm gonna uh, you know i want to hear from you guys too with some of the things that you might yeah. want to discuss uh do you think insurance companies are on the right track when it comes to trying to address the mental health issues what should they be doing and do you think that enough coverage is being provided?
1: No, 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 no.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the level of care that you're talking about. If you're talking about, you know, as far as therapists, yeah. And then again, you know, it all depends on the insurer, too. I mean, uh you know, I mean, you you, you have a company like, like Blue Cross Blue Shield, you get an initial authorization and you're good to go. You know, you, you don't have to. It isn't like like some of the insurers, you know, some of the insurers, they give you 12 sessions or they give you eight sessions and then you have to do a concurrent review in order to justify, you know, uh, continuing with that person so you know it all depends on uh you know you know and then uh you know mass health i can you know um some some, something like mass health i can get an an initial authorization for 24 sessions which is a lot better than you know than 12 or eight and then i'm trying to you know make sure that i have in mind when i'm getting down to the last two or so left but yeah i mean from and you're looking
1: for that you're looking for that loophole to be able to sustain Oh, you thinking about drinking? Oh, we we've got we've got free in the conversation. You know, we need more well,
2: you, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact of the matter is, though, you know, dual diagnosis is the expectation, not the exception. So, when you're working on addiction, you're working on mental health more often yeah. than not, too. So, I mean, you know, that's not just, uh, you know, that's just not a twelve session fix. You know, I mean, so how
0: would you so 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 how how do you address it though? Like like what what can people do out there that Um, you know, you talk about mass health and stuff like, are there other things that you can do? I mean, obviously you could self-pay, right? But, but, but how do you, how do you get?
2: I mean, the tough thing now, Andy, is that, you know, I mean, I'm getting uh, up until uh, my psychology today profile, I actually had to put down that I'm, you know, that I'm not taking on new clients at this point. I'm getting like, you know, three to five referrals a week that I can't even, if, if I wanted to, I could be seeing 80 people a week. And, you know, it's just, uh, there's, you know, there's just not enough where are, you,
1: where are you, what good are you to your clients? Hmm.
2: Right. Okay. Exactly. Exactly, I mean, I do I do a substantial amount now in addition to teaching two courses for, for UMass. So, I mean, it's like, I really have to watch the self-care aspect, but, you know, and then I'm trying to refer these three or five that I can't take to, to colleagues and stuff. And most of them are full at this time too. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, there, there doesn't seem to be enough enough therapists right at the present time in order to handle the case law. You know, it's like that, that first month or two of COVID, you know, it was, uh, you know, people are in shock, they're numb. And then when it starts to really settle in, that's when people start to hit what I refer to as, the, as the pandemic wall. And, you know, yep. and all of a sudden, you know, it was like, like when nine 11 happened, when nine 11 happened, there was this, there was this lull afterwards. You had a month or two where people were just numbing in shock. And then all of a sudden they started allowing themselves to feel what was going on. And that's when there was a big, big rush to therapists. So
0: right. Surge capacity, Brene Brown had somebody on, I don't know if you listened to Brene Brown, but she mm-hmm. talked about surge yeah. capacity. Yeah. Like, you're running on adrenaline for a first couple of months and then, yeah. and then you kind of,
2: yeah, the um, adrenal glands will wear you out after a while too, you know, yeah, if you, you keep do- getting hit with adrenaline it it beats you down after a while. It really right. does.
0: Right. It starts to, it does. And I, I battle sometimes I'm like, uh, so, you know, it's funny. Um, Chris, any, any thoughts on that one? I mean, Sorry to interrupt you.
1: you No, I'm just, I'm working. Um, I, you know, one of the things that I'm doing for AWARE right now is I'm doing some outreach. Even though I'm a family educator, I'm doing some outreach because part of what we do is we connect um, our clients with outside providers. And of course, I don't want just any outside provider because they come up in the first line of the Google search. You know, I want to know. Which is
0: paid, which is paid advertising, by the (laughs) way
1: you know so it's like i it's about vetting and so i have a laundry list of people that i use over time but it's rechecking and so on and so forth but we've also been i've been given some leads and i'm following up with those leads and and i've discovered some pretty cool people that i never knew existed but like me me. yep like you but i'm also calling um like um blank uh behavioral health care Mm. and they're not doing in office, they're, they're not, there's one person in the office answering the phone, everything, all the intakes, everything is done via zoom. And when you have that person that has been in their home for four months, yeah, you know, they need that outside connection. And at some point, you know, some of these places they've got to open up, they've got to say, okay, we're going to be COVID smart. You know, you have an appointment from, uh, 950 to 1050. And, in the first 10 minutes is, you know, wash your hands, write your number down, check, take a temperature, go into the office. Yeah. And the last 10 minutes is get up the hell out of my office. Let me sterilize my office and start again. You know, like they need that, that, that connection, um,
2: uh, well, yeah, I mean, saying? I mean, I mean, one Go of the ahead. things that I'm do, doing now, Andy, along that line too, is like I'm, I'm going up to my office tomorrow to see clients, but we're not actually meeting in the office. Uh, up at the Cummings Center, there's this, this pond that's out back with picnic tables. So I'll meet them you are outdoors. Guy. You I'll meet them. Would. Yeah, I'll meet them outdoors. You know, by the picnic tables and stuff, where you can social distance. We we can have a mask on if we're more than ten feet at the picnic table. We, you know, so I mean. Obviously, I'm not going to be able to do that through the winter months unless they're like like, like I am because I'm a winter guy. So, I mean, I, I have no no problem at all being out. But but again, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's to, tomorrow I'll be going up. I'll be doing I'll be doing sessions outside when I go in the building, though, what I'm thinking in terms of is, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing limited in, in office if I can if I can help it and stuff. But I know that like a lot of the therapists I work with, if if they had a, if they had a waiting room, they closed the waiting room down. And what they're doing, what some of them are doing now is like, you know, um, when you get to the coming Center, I'll call you when you can come upstairs to my office. So you have a chance for that person before you to leave and then you can disinfect the office quick, you know, that type of thing. So, you know, and then some therapists, if they they have an appointment at 10 o'clock, you know, that's a 50 minute session, they'll make the next one at 1130. So they have like a half an hour, 40 minute window in between the clients, you know, so they can take care of business in the office.
0: Um, You mentioned something I wanted to uh, highlight because I did this last year. You've mentioned it. um, And I have another question after that. But you talked about um, the light you know, for those who oh the Lux uh, lights, yeah, the yeah, the, the, the happy lights that.
2: they're called. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's something that that my wife Yvette and I have been been doing for a couple of years now, and we, we do it the year round. We have, we, we have a Lux light in our bathroom. It's a it's a you know small small one for the bathroom. It's, but it it has the thing with the Lux light is it has all the color bands of the sun, and research has shown. I mean, there was just I Brian don't know. If yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if you happen to catch it this past week. Uh, there was uh, again, I'm always looking at Harvard research and everything else, but um, they actually there's a there's a direct tie in between uh, vitamin D deficiency and mortality rates, you know, and stuff. So light is light is really, really important to get in. They, they say to use the Lux light, you know, like you would uh, during during a normal day, you know, like so. So for but instance, you don't look right what, at it. You look no, you have it shining on you and stuff. Right. I, I mean, I have a, a a woman's psychiatrist friend who, she she loves to cook. She actually has like a three foot one in her kitchen by by her it stove works. by her stove. So when she's cooking, it's on. You know, it's on the whole time and stuff. So
0: thank you, Mike. Yeah, that's great. I it works. I've used it last year based on on your recommendation. Well, in uh, the,
2: the the Scandinavians, you know, the Scandinavians in parts of Alaska, they have the. Uh, uh, that they, they have the highest rates, you know, of, of, uh, of suicide and alcoholism and stuff. And, you know, six months light, six months dark, the Scandinavian schools right now, they're, they're running they're They run with Lux light as their, as their overhead lighting and stuff. Fluorescent light is agitating to begin with people with certain affective dis- disorders. It's really agitating. So, you know, and it's interesting because every, every inpatient facility I ever worked in, what do they have? They have fluorescent lighting. I remember working uh uh, in a, uh, you know, on, on an inpatient one time. And the psychiatrist on, on, on that day was like, Hey, why, why, why is that patient over there wearing their sunglasses? And I said, Oh, well, you know, they're, they're in a manic ep- episode and it helps to cut down the light and the stimulation. And he goes, really? And I, and I had to give him research on the effects of, on the effects of light. So and- there, where can people buy these? Um, Amazon. You can go go on Amazon and ju- just type in Luxlite, Luxlight Lux, Light, L-U-X, and there's there's all different sizes and shapes and everything else. So cool. Yeah. No. So can it you is. Can in a- front of them? What's that, Chris? Can you get tan
1: from? Them?
2: No, you can't get tan tan from it. that. Used to be my excuse though for uh, for for going tanning. It's like, oh, you know, it's it's fall. I need to go tanning and stuff. But I don't do that. Anymore.
0: Thanks, Mike. Look at Mike. Thank yeah, you, Mike.
2: Mike. Mike is cruising on that. Mike is on fall. it. All right. All right. So okay, yeah. let's. I wonder go to there's the... an app for your phone? What as far as a Luxlite app? I don't. I'm not.
0: Probably not because it's Probably. a different kind of light. And in, in fact, as a matter of fact, there was a time where you would actually have to get yeah. a prescription for it.
2: Yeah, yeah. It it used to be it it used to be it depended upon the insurance that you had and stuff too. Sometimes they would pay part of the cost of a Lux light and stuff. You know, right. had a prescription for it,
0: right? So I, I but I recommend it, and uh, you know, every little bit every little bit helps. So yeah, well, um, I mean,
2: there's a Lux
1: light, there's a Lux light meter.
0: Interesting. That
1: you can, that you can That's do. That's cool. You. Yeah. So there, so it tells
0: too tools much. out there. You know.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Next question. Um, In your opinion, what is the age group that is of great concern for mental health issues right now and why?
1: I have no idea because I have from 13 to 85.
2: I think the concerns vary by the age group, Andy. I mean, you know, what one of the difficult things, too, is, you know, the younger... The younger the age of the student, you know, the, the less they're getting out of virtual learning, you know, it's, it's really hard to focus. You know, you're, they're in a room. A lot of times, you know, they're, they're, they're on a laptop, they're on a desktop, you know, and they're, quote, in class, but they're surrounded by their toys in the room. Again, it depends on the age. The, the older the student, you know, the, the more and more benefit you can get from virtual learning. You
1: know, and, and, and I just ordered a Lux light, eighteen dollars. It'll be here on Friday. Good. Can
0: you do anything else while we're doing the show? Anything else? Phone calls? <laughs> yeah. can, you, can you? How about laundry? You want to be?
1: There's a knock on your door. There's a cheeseburger, Andy.
0: I know, right? All right. <laughs> I mean, DoorDash is here. All right. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so yeah, what are the I think the
2: concerns are, are are really, you know, based on the, you know, there, there's different concerns in the different age groups. If you're, you know, if you're if you're parents, I mean, you know, you're know, you in major stress now. You're trying to keep the kids on on their on their virtual learning and you're trying to work from home, maybe the same time or you have to go into work. And, you know, who can watch the kids this week and we'll swap off. I mean, there's a lot of uh, logistics that, you know, are really stressing people out. Not well, just substance
1: abuse. It's it's across the board.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so one, one of the questions that we
0: had, sorry to cut you off, Chris. Um, what, one of the questions that we had on Crosscheck, we had a, um, and, and I'm going to throw this to both of you. Um, when we did our old show, we had an author, Sam Kenyonis on, who wrote the book Dreamland about um, the, the black tar heroin coming into the country and that it's kind of a, a national security issue because of people coming through Uh, uh, Mexico or um, China bringing uh, fentanyl or heroin into the country. What do you guys think? um, Are you seeing, you know, from a drug perspective, do you, first of all, do you see it being a national security issue? And what is out there on the streets right now? Is there um, people being preyed upon because of the COVID? Are you seeing any more um, increase in those?
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, the you know, the street dealers were really active when the stimulus checks and unemployment was first out there. That's for sure. They'd be more than happy to, to, to help alleviate you of some government funds that you received and stuff. I mean, I'm seeing fentanyl in everything now. I mean, you know, people talk about heroin. And, you know, it's like I don't know what you're talking about. You know, there, there is no heroin anymore. Heroin yeah. I mean, everything is fentanyl. I mean, I go back to the days of when people talked about bundles and bricks of heroin, you know, and it's like, just doesn't exist. Even, 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 even the even the, because it's, it's just too much of an expense. It's too much of an expense. Fentanyl is cheap. It's cheap and it's available. And, you know, I mean, fentanyl is a lot. Yeah. It's making it, I mean, I tell people all the time, if you if you're going to do, if you're going to do cannabis, if you're going to do marijuana that then buy from the dispensaries, because you don't know what, what the, what the, what the crap on the street is being dusted with
0: right and i dusted well,
2: with fentanyl could be dusted with angel dust can be dusted with with anything so if you're if you're going to use cannabis and you know that then, then then do it smart you know i mean
0: but is, is there a uh chris what are you are you seeing are you seeing more fentanyl oh um
1: uh, obviously alcohol alcohol is tremendous um, yeah
2: yeah it's oh really taken off it's,
1: it's crazy um but the other big thing uh we're seeing is meth I don't know if you're mm. that too well. I was just about meth. to say
2: that, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Meth
1: is, meth is on the rise. Big Why? The time.
2: Well, uh, again, it's cheap, it's available.
1: It's cheap. It's available. Um it's it's just one of those drugs that gives somebody, you know, I'm not an addict. I've never put a needle in my arm with any type of substance in it, other than vaccines. Um, but what I what I know and what these kids are telling us are is that the feeling that what meth gives them is one that's not like what fentanyl gives them. It's a very different,
2: um, it's a different high.
1: It's it's a different high. And so that being said, you know, they're, they're just chasing a different high.
2: Um, yeah, yeah. I mean when you think back, you know, I mean you go back to to 07 or 08, you know, when you look at the BSAS stats, the DPH stats, you know, methamphetamine only it made up it made up less than 4% of illegal drug use. Well, it's up around 8 to 10% now. And stuff so wow. used to used to be strictly the gay community too with that that you would find find meth. It was, you know, older gay males trying to keep up with the young and young gay males, and they would use meth to keep you know go, go going all night, you know, dancing yeah. and partying. It's, so
1: it's scary. It's
0: do you think? I mean, do you think that people are, you know, um, you know, people are making it at home, like or well, kids? I, I
1: just had a drug bus less than a mile down my house in a house that was was cooking meth.
0: With but they're using household products, so you really yeah. want to try
1: you, to help. that's it's very simple. It's a very simple
2: recipe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was up in a roostic county, Maine, which is the northernmost county in Maine, like like three years ago to lecture. And, uh, They're not
1: maple syrup farms. <laughs> no, they,
2: they have a major problem in northern Maine with uh, with the shake and bake method of making meth, where, you know, you get a two liter bottle and you make it all within the two liter bottle. And what, what they were doing up there, they were driving around making it in a car. There'd be someone in the back seat making it as the car was driving around because they didn't want to get caught stationary at a home making it. So they drive around. And the thing with that is, is you have to breathe the bottle every once in a while. A while or else it'll explode and if it explodes you're going to have second and third degree what? burns all over your body
0: it it's not so how do you like what what are the things you know if you're a parent out there you want to try to um you know hide things or you know kind of uh proof your house i mean are there yeah things, i mean if, you, can't.
2: you
1: can't let's no. be real no i when mean well there's a way
2: yeah i mean what one what, what of the one of the big if you ever have a question about any drug or plant that's psychoactive, there's a. A website you can go to, and I don't know if my mic w- w- would be able to put it up on the screen, but it's AeroWid, It's e r o, w i d dot org, and this is this is a website that emergency room doctors will go to a lot of times if somebody comes in on a drug they've never heard about. They can go to arrowid, and what what they're looking for is you know they're, they're, what what they're looking for by going to this site is the chemical composition to see if there's something they can use to counter it. But okay. Aero- it's arrowid. E R O W I. That's great. Yeah, Thank yeah. You, with, with Mike has it up on the screen, but you know, when, Mike, when, Mike, Mike, when, Mike, Mike. yeah. When I when I when I'm talking to kids and stuff, you know, high school age and stuff, you know, I always will say, you know, I'm not here to tell you not to do drugs, although I would prefer that you don't. However, if you're going to use something, be smart about it. You can go to arrowid, and you can learn all about this chemical that you're thinking about ingesting, and there's <laughs> user stories there that you can read too. And the user stories aren't aren't aren't, aren't necessarily happy ones and stuff. But, you know, learn as much as you can about the drug and then you know, and then decide, you know, if you want to take the risk or not. You know, I I try to treat, you know, high school kids like they have a brain because the second you tell a high school kid not to do something, well, best of luck on that. Yeah, so I mean, you know, give them the information, you know, give them the information and then say, hey, you know, you're, you know, you're going to, if you're going to experiment, you're going to experiment, but at least learn as much about what what you're thinking about ingesting as you possibly can, you Mm -hmm. know, read the user stories and see if you want to take a chance, you know?
0: Thank you. That's extremely helpful. And I I, I've never heard of that. Chris hasn't heard of it. So thank you for for sharing that. Um, The next question I have is and this is specifically Chris in your wheelhouse. Um, Okay, there are maybe people out there who are feeling hopelessness. What can you do? What can people do to place a positive light for the on the future? How do you, um, what are some of the things that you can um, do when dealing with somebody who's down? How how do you guys handle that?
1: Would it be like one-on-one? Like I, call, like I call you and you're really depressed and everything else, or is it more like doing it for themselves all by themselves? Both,
0: I mean, like what kind of encouragement would you say to somebody? How would you- um, So obviously encu-
1: you, you just start the conversation and you kind of get a gauge of where they are. And then from there, you know, you redirect. So, hey, you know, have you have you had a chance to go out and take a walk and look at the foliage? It's absolutely spectacular. You're you're redirecting, you know, that negative thought. So you you use some form of redirection. Um, okay. You do you know motivational interviewing? I mean, that's
2: what's that? that um, <laughs> it's it's a technique where you know you never ask a question that can be answered just yes or no. It's like, you know, you wouldn't say. You know, like, you know, you know, um, you know, how how are you feeling today where they can just go good? You know, you'd say, you know, tell me oh, about yeah, your yeah, day yeah. today, what you did today. You know, uh, what what feelings came up today when you were going through the day? You know, so you 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 never want to ask a question that can be answered, you know, yes or no or good or bad. You want to ask, you know, you want them to describe, you know, they're, you they're
1: to open up a little bit more, yeah. a little bit more ammunition for the next question. Yeah. um if you're you' a- use humor
0: humor right will you I mean I, I a, use humor
2: yeah. a lot of t- yeah I mean you know I, I use humor in in multiple ways you know one, one of you know one one of the big things if if I get to an impasse with somebody where you know there's not a lot of verbal action going going back and forth i'll I'll use humor to try to to try to trip into dialogue and stuff so you right, know yeah. in, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, the different, the different ways you can use humor, you know, you might do a, uh, you, you might do a parody, you might do, you know, you might do a situational piece, you know, something I even, I've, I've even had clients where I go on the, you know, I'll, uh, w- w- when I'm in my office with them and stuff, I might, I might put a humorous uh, piece on my, on my laptop to watch together and stuff just to see where they're at. What, what about you, Chris?
1: So, you know, a lot of times, obviously I love to talk, Um, you dive into that rabbit hole with them. Mm. But, you know, you also walk out of that rabbit hole with them and you don't just give up. You just got to keep working. You got to keep talking. You got to find out what they're what makes them happy. What what used to make them happy? What's preventing them from being happy? Sometimes, I mean, we we all do it. We get stuck. We get stuck and we don't see the solution because we are so stuck and we are so self-consumed with our own self-misery that we can't, you know, we can't see it. So, you know, if you say, oh, you know, I used to love baking and blah, blah, blah. And then we, we go in somewhere else, you know, it's like, oh my God, I made the most amazing chicken pot pie and what I did and you just redirect.
2: Yeah. You just, yeah. Yeah. And the other thing too, I mean, the, the big thing with the COVID you, you need to get people out of their own head. Yeah. You know, And, and I think that's why there was such a, you know, why we, why, why we heard so, stories about you know animal shelters all of a sudden that there were no more animals in the animal shelters because people were people were getting dogs and cats and stuff and it helped it helped them to get out of their own head because now they're caring they're caring for this creature that and oxytocin, and and it, oxytocin and and, and, and
0: loneliness yeah and um you know so those are um are yeah really, but, but uh, i don't
2: know if you caught my my linkedin the other day but i had a picture of my dog charlie and 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 i said yeah, uh, and, uh, what did you i say? am I- my antidepressant, Charlie Zach. Charlie Zach. Charlie Zach. And stuff. Yeah, because you know, I mean, if I'm starting to feel stress or something, you know, the second he walks in a room and we lock eyes, it's like, you know, yeah. Then he comes over and he sits down and he leans back against me, demanding to be petted, which which I do, of course. You know,
0: sure. Um, so so I just I, I think that's interesting, and, and and I guess another question is. Is it sympathy, empathy, or?
2: Empathy. Do you, empathy. What's that? Empathy. empathy. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, I've said, I, I've said before, and some people at first were shocked. I said, yeah, I've never felt sorry for an alcoholic or addict in my life. And they go, how can you say that? It's because, because you know, I'm not in a personal relationship with them. I feel empathy and compassion for them. But sympathy is not going to help them. No, that had learned helplessness sympathy
1: is, well sympathy is you're going to jump on the bench with them and you're going to drink with them and you're yeah. going to be down that that road that works right yeah. empathy is okay you know what i feel i mean i got a kid struggling right now right he's trying to get sober he's trying to do all the great things he's trying so hard and this is like a hardcore got a lot of mental health and everything else but he's trying and so he, he set up the Suboxone appointment. He went to that Suboxone appointment. They said, okay, come back today. He went on Monday, come back today. We'll give you your first dose. Well, he used last night. And he's beating himself up today. And it's like, okay, reschedule it. He's like, reschedule it? I'm like, yeah, reschedule it. Call right now and reschedule it. So he rescheduled it for Friday. And he's like, I can't believe it. I'm like, listen, can you change your past? Can you?
2: Can you no. change can
1: we- No. So why do we allow our past to control right here, right now?
2: That's a That's a big part of what what I do with clients, Chris, Too, you know, again, I mean, the big three I always see that people that keep going back out again, that never gets addressed is trauma, grief and abandonment. It it Mm -hmm. usually goes back to family of origin, you know, and if if you're not, you can go to all the meetings in the world and I'm not knocking meetings, meetings can always be the foundation for somebody. But, you know, if you put that bandaid off. Yeah, if you have trauma, grief, and abandonment, and it's not getting addressed, good luck trying to stay sober.
0: Right, that's right. the root of the whole. That's the root of the whole thing,
2: I guess. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, even the founders of AA talk about underlying symptoms. Well, right. there you go. When
1: I, when I talk to a family about, you know, they can't understand why their, their child keeps going back out and keep going back out and keep going back out. Mm. It's like okay, it's like it's like an onion, right? We are an onion, yeah. and you peel back all these layers, but until you get to that last single soft The core, layer, right? The core, right? The core of the problem. Until we get to that, if we keep stopping at all these layers and going back to life Mm. without addressing this,
2: the coping mechanism, using
1: the layer, is just going to keep eating away at you. It's you're, it's inevitable. We have to,
2: it's an unhealthy coping mechanism. Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course.
0: Now. um, So with, with that, um, how, you know, fun, right. You know, how can, you know how much does having fun, like how do you create fun for yourself? Because i I guessing <laughs> that don't
2: go there. Um, yeah, no, no, I'm only laughing because you know, uh, you, you know. I mean, I, I could be at home. Have, so
1: I can be have fun that's that's been stuck in their house for six months. It's like I, I, like I, you've that, got three that, eyes.
2: Yeah, I mean, I could be watching TV with Yvette and, you know, and uh, a commercial will come on with music and I'll just jump up and I'll start dancing. I and do And will just look at me and just start <laughs> hey, laughing at me.
0: Hey, there's a cat playing piano.
2: Yeah, you know, right? it's, it's just like, yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> You know what one of the big things is that you know is that a lot of times people never had a childhood and you know you can have a childhood at any time I mean I'm mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm 46 but I'm dyslexic but anyway you know I'm I'm basically the mind of a 15 year old I I yeah. I make sure I have fun you know I have a right. dog I romp and stomp in the backyard with and I dance around the house and I'm always you know, it's just, it's just, you know, you can, you can It's have important. Fun. It's, yeah. important. So it's important. important.
1: So I just started walking again. I was walking. I was doing what great.
0: about me? We were going.
1: I know. Well, we were walking and I was doing great. I was feeling good. And then I don't even know what happened. I think crappy weather happened and I yeah. stopped walking and then all the excuses piled up as to why I didn't need to walk. And now I remember why I want to walk because it makes me feel good. But I've been going to, in Foxborough, we have this, this um, property. It's called the Lane property and it's on, It's got two ponds or two lakes or whatever they are on either side of it. And you walk throughout the whole thing. And I've been taking my dog and like, I feel, I'm, I feel so good after I walk and it's like trying to incorporate my day. My day is really not that busy. I didn't. I just excuses as to why I can't walk because my day is so busy.
2: I live in Wakefield and Lake Quantipollet. People yeah, walk that so the year great. round. It's 3.2 miles. You know, you so walk great. around the lake, you look out at the water, you let your head empty out as best you can. Mm-hmm. The, to- the town even makes sure that the sidewalk is cleared after it snows. I mean, people-
0: Get, the right, gear, get yeah. the right gear, get the right gear. No excuses. And you no. can do, it. I, I mean, I'm from Maryland, I moved up here. I have a ton of gear, I love it. It keeps, It. it it's essential to being able to go outside in the winter, yeah. but you yeah, can you do know, it.
2: And the thing with walking that, that everyone's talking about here, you know, you can, you, you, you can boost the effects of walking. One of the things I do, and it, it, it drives vet nuts. She won't walk with me anymore, but it's like, if I, if I'm walking with Charlie or something, I may start skipping. I may start skipping while I'm walking with him and people uh, going, I I, I could probably commit you. If I saw no, people walking by, they start laughing. 30 then I start laughing them. it's, it's just going for the endorphin release, you know, the endorphins from laughter. Oh, uh, there's my boy, that's my boy Charlie. Yeah, let's go for
0: the next, let's go for the next question. Sure. Um, okay, if Biden wins, oh god, what are some of the what do you mean, oh god, if Biden wins? what are some of the things that need to be changed in the area of mental health and addiction? Now, the reason I said Biden, I think is we because, need to
2: get a drug czar in that actually knows about drugs. Well,
0: Chris Christie was the one who they brought in to, to work with this current administration. Yeah. About, what does he know?
2: I mean, what is I mean, he's not like, you know, a Michael Botticelli who worked in BSAS for how many years? Oh my
0: who God. Really the legend, him? the legend of all, of all
2: right? <laughs>
0: Michael Botticelli. I better
2: lie down. Michael Botticelli. No. Um, no, but you know what I'm saying. He actually worked in the field for years. Right. Chris right. Christie. I mean, he. You know, I mean, it, it, it's obvious what 12-step group he could probably benefit from. But you know, I mean, come on. But
0: what? What, do you, what are the key things? Okay, so you say a drugs are, Chris and, and Willie. What do you think are the, some of the th- things that, if you were president, you were coming in, what would you look to do to address the key issues?
2: Well, I mean, right. one of the issues. One what, what of the issues I've been battling for a while now is that, you know, I, I can be working with someone on their addiction issues and all of a sudden, all of a sudden when they turn 65, I can no longer see them because I'm not an LICSW or a psychologist or, or, you know, and it's like, you know, it's like, age, you know, I'm the one, what, what was that, Chris?
1: The age determines that?
2: Yeah, well, I can't take Medicare. That's what determines that. Oh, 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 oh. It's like why can't why, why 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 can't a master's level addiction specialist continue with somebody after they retire? It's
1: already established.
2: You know, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, so you know that that's a big. That's, area. The other thing just while we're on this vein too, I had a colleague Con, contact me this week. And, you know, here we have BSAS. BSAS deals with addiction issues, right? When they put out job postings for directors of addiction programs, uh they They're put not
1: even d- in Massachusetts. What's that? They're not even in Massachusetts.
2: What? What what, what BSAS I'm talking about at the bureau at the Department oh. of Public Health okay. stuff. But and I'm talking in state a minute, but you know, uh, when, they, when they put out these postings for directors of BSAS funded programs, they put LICSW, LCSW, LMHCs. They don't have down LADC1s, which are masters level that specialize in addiction, yet they want a director for an addiction uh, program. And if you're going with an LICSW or an LMHC, you don't know how much they background they have in addiction. You know, it isn't like those of us that are LADC ones. So why, why is, why does this, why, why does this continue Is you know, uh, are, you know, are the two lobbies for the other groups that powerful that they're holding us out? I don't know. I don't know. But-
0: if, if the ACA gets uh, overturned, let's say, mm. um, if Trump, Trump should win re-election and the ACA gets overturned, how will that impact
2: Oh, it's going to be, a, yeah, it's going to be a mess. I mean, it's going to be an absolute mess. You know, uh, you know, he has, a, quote, an executive order, you know, about pre-existing conditions. That doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. It means yeah. nothing at all. So, yeah. It's,
1: You're using substance abuse. Those pre-existing uh, behaviors and symptoms go away. Yeah. And it's not until you have clarity and your body is free of uh, mind-altering substances yeah. that these pre-existing substances pre-existing behaviors shine through and that's what happens is we get put somebody in for substance abuse and they have borderline personality disorder or they have severe anxiety and they use to suppress those uh, disorders and then it's like oh you're showing but guess what those behaviors and those those um, those symptoms have always been there but we're just we're, we're not we're not working in a circle. We're working in a in a. We're just going like this. We're it's not,
2: piecemeal too. It's yeah, very, yeah,
1: it's it's very difficult. And back on your question, Andy, I think a part of who should be people that are uh, assisting, you know, in providing programs are um, people that are in long-term recovery, people that are in early recovery, because that's your change, right? You got your long-term recovery. You got your 12 steppers. You've got whatever. You've got people in early recovery who have been using Suboxone. They know the challenges of MAT. Um, and then, you know,
0: I what th- about prevention? How would you, how would you, um, from a pre- I, I mean, pre- we
2: know that the younger. <laughs> The younger the age of, of people, when they get the information, uh, you know, it, it doesn't mean that uh, it doesn't mean necessarily that they're not going to experiment and they're, they're not going to use things. But if they if they do and they 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 get into trouble, they do tend to come into treatment faster. So the younger you the age that you give, you know, information, the better. So. you agree?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You should be starting. I mean, I, with my grandchildren, explained very early on why they weren't with their mommy and their daddy. At the time because they were sick you know and that was enough i wasn't avoiding what exactly they were sick from but explaining and then now as they're older it's like well these are the consequences that mommy and daddy have to pay because of what they did they're 11 and 9. they don't maybe fully understand but you know what they do know is that drugs are really bad and yeah. what it did to mommy
2: and dad yeah, i mean it would be good if if we if we had like sesame street episodes they did do it
0: they did about- do it
2: yeah and
1: they got
0: hammered yeah by- they did do it they had a character whose mom went away because she went to rehab yeah sesame like street so. and um and yeah they did that and um uh, you know you're right chris they did get hammered by it um, yeah, i think was, there was a very- comic
2: yeah, there was a comic one, one time as part of his set, he was saying, you know, what Sesame Street would be like in the real world. And, you know, he did this, he did this, you know, show them like three oranges and a bag of heroin. And it's like, one of these things is not like the other, you know, and stuff. I mean, all so, right. uh, that's just a little comic, uh, comic side shoot out right. of that.
0: So um, I guess w- we're getting to the end, but, um, and I want to hear kind of your, I've been asking all the questions. I've been uh, the mo- being the moderator today, or Chris Wallace from the other night. Do you feel <laughs> that primary care physicians are educated enough? This is actually two parts. Are educated enough when it comes to mental health. Now, here's the other question. You well, know, you've because- heard what I've
2: said about that before, Andy, is that, you know, up until up until three years ago you could go four years of Harvard Medical School, four years, and you were only offered one course on mental health and addiction, and it was a 20-hour course of which you only spent maybe, I don't know, one to two hours actually with, with people with the illnesses, and the rest of it was classroom lecture, and it was an elective course. They didn't have to take it. Yet anyone with an MD after the name can write a prescription for anything psychoactive. I'm not too crazy about that.
0: No, and Chris, what say you on that?
1: Um,
0: after the face, after the faces.
1: What? I know. I, I... I would say that there are more primary care physicians that are becoming aware as far as the education side of it. and the no. other
2: piece on that, Chris, too, is that like a Partners Healthcare, which is now Massachusetts General Brigham, a lot of their primary care offices now and stuff, they have they, they do have a full time social worker that's working with them. So if referrals are needed, something comes up, mental health or addiction, they have a social worker right in the office, right in the primary care office that can direct that.
0: So, yeah. so let me, you know, one of the things that, you know, we know is that a lot of people don't set out to become opioid, uh, use, you know, addicts, right? It's not on
2: any resumes that I've
0: seen. No, no, it's not. And it's, it, it, and what, what the reason it starts is a lot of people, they start taking painkillers for back problems or medical, you know, physical things. And they start taking painkillers. And we know that, uh, a very, uh, a, a large group of the population will get can get addicted after what five days?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, and I think we are seeing, especially with primary care physicians, they're really hesitant to prescribe painkillers now, or, you know, or if they do, it's a limited basis. And I, I don't think, you know, that I mean, for whatever reason, it's great, but I don't, I don't think it's, you know, just just because of the, of the welfare of the patient. I think they're thinking in terms of, we're going to start getting sued liability liability the reason, factor.
0: The reason I ask this is because. You know, we talk about street drugs, but obviously opioids, you know, are also, you know, technically um, over, you know, prescribed, but it's also a street drug. Um, I will tell you that um, I have back pain and I have back pain lately and I had gone to physical therapy for my shoulder and I love it. It really helped me. And now I go for my back pain and I don't have to have you don't have to have an accident or a, um, you know, a a, situation. surgery to be able to go to physical therapy go to your doctor and ask your doctor so if you're struggling with pain out there i wanted to throw this out there if you're struggling with pain and you think that oh well if i get on a painkiller that'll make things better that is just a short-term fix
2: well you you know what also and andy too just to interject too is you know A lot of times we don't even talk about anti-inflammatories. You know, if you take the inflammation away from a nerve ending, you don't have pain. So, you know, why do people, why do they go right to, why do some people go right to painkillers when, if you used an anti-inflammatory, I mean, you know, like for myself, Motrin is my wonder drug. You know, if I'm getting, you know, if I'm getting, pain, yeah, I mean. Yeah, basically the same, Chris. You know, so I mean, you know, if if I I can pop a Motrin and wow, the pain goes away. Why? Because the inflammation around the nerve ending has so. Right. You know, and stretching.
0: Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm going twice yeah. a week for physical therapy, mm-hmm. and I only reason I knew about it as a as a preventative, or not preventative of tackling my back and things like that, is because I went through it with my surgery and we also spoke to uh, um we had on our old show we had somebody talk about um we had people from the uh, PT uh, association they came on I don't know if you remember them Willie but they came on okay. and they talked about the that PT has a whole movement out there about called choose PT as a way for pain management yeah. so yeah. if you're in pain and you're struggling and you're trying to get relief don't think painkillers doctor pe- physical therapy or at least consider that that's yeah. my my opinion so that's our show but i want to um as we close hmm. let's get some closing thoughts from each of you what 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 what's on your mind willie
2: yeah. what's on my mind uh nothing i've i've a busy day ahead with uh teletherapy and stuff but i know there'll be an ending to the day and then uh you know throughout the day i've i've got my uh my boy companion going in and out of the the basement here because i left the doors open for him so but be, what
0: advice be do checking. you have i'm not looking for a status report Tell me okay. about your, give, me, <laughs> give me your give me your advice on the on the on the uh you know, if you could change something out there right now, or what would you su- suggest to people right now out there who are struggling?
2: Yeah, I would but say that, you know, I, w- I would say the main thing is to try to get out of your own head and do something for somebody else and look at, look at everything from an outside standpoint rather than being stuck inside your own head. So, detach
0: a little, detach yeah. a little
2: bit. Stop ruminating. Ask other people how they're doing.
0: You like that, Chris? What about you? <laughs>
1: um, I would say get outside get a yeah. little bit of sunshine you know yeah. it's okay if, you, if you're afraid of, of interacting with other people uh go somewhere where there are no other people um you know social distance is, is totally easy when you go outside um don't make an excuse even if you just go sit on a park bench for an hour and people watch mm-hmm. um it's a wonderful thing it'll help yeah the sunshine right now uh is a beautiful thing it really is vitamin d baby
0: yeah. Well, thank you, thank you to you both, and thanks to Mike Weber, of course. Um, thanks, I hope you, did you nice enjoy you, it? Did you enjoy the show today? It's
2: a good show. Good. I like it's good to have the free form once in a while. Yeah, free yeah. Form. freestyle. All right. Yeah. So that's freestyle.
0: our show for the week. Please visit us on Facebook.com. The Map 2020, and uh, thanks again to Mike Weber and the whole team back at Foxborough Cable Access Television. Da-da-da. And and uh and that's our okay. show for the week so we'll see you next, yeah. next next week for number 50. have a have a great weekend you. everybody